What an honor it is to be in one of the great churches uh, on the planet. I really mean that it's an honor for Dylan and I uh, to be here. My wife is just so grateful, grateful, grateful. I love what God is. I love this space. I've been walking around all afternoon, all morning into the area where the kids, just excellent, safe, and then all the outdoor area. And just this facility. I, I, you, you, you walk in a space like this, and I always think one thing, and I think uh, sacrifice. That a lot of people sacrifice, and you've been faithful in your giving, and gone online to give, or bring your checks, or your, whatever it is, uh, your talent, your time. Uh, just thank you so much for making this possible, and 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 we 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 create we we're able to have more space so we can reach more people, and that is why we do it. So just phenomenal uh, opportunity in this season that you're in right now as a church where you're growing and you're reaching people. Uh, I love the growth track. I was downstairs earlier. Uh, where they were having growth track, which I think is so important. I'm grateful when I showed up at a church that they, that they gave me a pathway. I would have not known. It would have been a maze to me. So I got on a pathway. I took a next step. And then I was able to get in a group, which was real big for me, to get in a small group and then uh, got to serve on a team. And so we do everything we can here at Oasis to help you get on that pathway because it just makes church so much better when you're a part of what God is doing where you can make a difference and and, and, and the purpose that's on your life, be a part of this. And so it's great. And, and then I love being a part of right now, just the right now moments at Oasis, uh, just being able to see the transitions that are happening and the passing of the baton. Uh, I, I got online and watched last week's service, which I think was super important. If you've not watched that service, you want to go back and watch that. Uh, I watched it twice yesterday. Come on, I was double dipping, just trying to get all I could out of that because it's such a model and it's so healthy. It's just so God and so right. Uh, we get to travel. My wife and I, and we're in different churches a lot, about 80 churches in the last uh, 22 months. And so to be able to go into an environment like this and see things that are just spirit-born connected is just incredible. And that just shows you the heart of the founders, Pastor Philip and Holly, and their family and the team around them. Integrity, influence, heart for God, compassion. And because of 35 years of a foundation, 35 years of doing things right, then to see this, this, this now transition to continue for another 35 years. So Pastor Philip and Holly, we love you. Can we clap our hands for our pastors? They are the real deal. And, and, what's, and I'm, I'm going to tell you this, that you can sense what happened. And what's, it's been a, a, a transition with leadership and a lot of conversation. What happened last week and what will happen in a few weekends, it, there was a ripple effect in, in the kingdom of God and the body of Christ. And we were with a lot of our leaders last week uh, at a conference here. And so many people were talking about that. And again, it shows you the hearts of the founders and then also Pastor Julian and Christina. Just thank God. I've gotten to know them. And I can tell you this, they love God and they love you and they love each other. And I think that's what you want as pastors. So can we clap our hands for our, our new senior pastors and love them? And I, I told Pastor Philip this, that there is a passing of the baton, but we're giving him a new baton and another additional baton because he helps lead this organization where we plant hundreds and hundreds of churches. We planted about 800-something churches. There's probably another 1,000 churches that connect with us. So there's, there's about 1,000 pastors that need his, his influence, his wisdom. And so we're handing you another baton, uh, Pastor Philip. And so I know he's going to run well with that one also. 
he and Holly are such a part of what we do. And so, uh, Delenn and I bring you greetings from a lot of young pastors that are planting churches. And because you said yes to generosity, we get to say yes to them. We're planting two churches today. One is in San Diego and the other is in Wisconsin. And so, I don't know about you, but during the winter, I feel led to go visit the one in San Diego. I'm going to pray for our brothers and sisters in Wisconsin. And uh, we're planting two churches. You're doing that because of faithfulness of your tithe and offering. And so doing well there. And then we get to be a part of a great church in, in uh, Birmingham that's like this, seeing people baptized, and great children's area, and helping people take steps, which is so important, and uh, having a blast there. Our family's doing well. Uh, I never communicate without showing a picture of our family. My wife is, is a good old Cajun Louisiana girl. I'm at, look at a bunch like, look like a bunch of Italians right there. So that's our family. That's my son Dylan. Uh, he's 23 years old. Uh, and then that's my oldest daughter in the middle. She's got married this fall, past fall, uh, about almost be a year ago. Goodness, her and her young. She's an LSU graduate. He's graduated from Alabama. So they're having marital football issues right now. So that's their struggle. And then that's our baby girl, Isabella. She's a freshman at Alabama. And then that's my lovely wife, uh, Delenn Rizzo. Delenn, won't you stand? We've been married 31 years. Come on. Yeah, 31 years of dealing with me. She's something else. Best thing that ever happened to me. And so our family loves this family, and we're grateful to be a part, love what God is doing. So it's an honor to come alongside of this house and 35 years of a message, 35 years of a heart for people. And I want to talk for a few minutes and, and, and kind of echo what God has done and what God will continue to do around the idea of keep reaching, keep reaching. So let's talk about that for a few minutes and let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for our time of worship and everything that's happening in kids' space. And Lord, thank you for those today that were at a growth track and those that are saying, man, I want to be a part. I want to, I want to be a part of this family. So, Lord, we love you so much. Help us. Lord, touch every heart here. Touch every person here, no matter what they're going through, what they're trying to figure out in their life. Lord, be with every person. I know they matter to you. And so speak to us today, God. Thank you, Lord, that you, you reach us to reach others. So we love you, we love you, in Jesus' name. And everybody said a good amen. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. Come on, look at the other person that was your second choice. Now you know who you are. Say, you look like you could use a little church, uh, my friend, church. You know, the, the heart of this house that I was looking over the website, and I've always known this about Pastor Philip Holly, and uh, just love the heart of your why, the, the reason why you're here, the reason why God gives us opportunity and, and space and to live in this season, to live in this moment. If he would have wanted us to live in another moment, he would have put us in that moment. If he would want us to live in another part of the world, we would be there, but we're here today. It's not by accident that we're gathered together. We're all here, part of this. It, we, we believe it's divine. It's God. And, and there's a why behind that what, and the why behind the what here at Oasis is just simply uh, the vision, and, the, and it, it, this, is the re, this is the soul of the church. This is what we do. It's we exist to reach people far from God, reaching people far from God. And then not only do we reach people that are far from God, but then we want to lead them, and we lead them by loving them and caring for them and creating a pathway for them. Why? To be authentic followers of Jesus. 
If you ever wonder, what are we about? And what is this all about? And, 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 and what, what, type of, what type of church is this? This is the church that wants to reach people that are far from God and to do everything we can through all of our generosity and all of our care and all of our attention so that they can be followers of Jesus Christ. It's the heartbeat of the house. It's what we've done for 35 years. That's what we continue to plan on to do as a church for 35 more years years. And I think that's important because that's what happened to me. I was not raised in church. We were not church going people. We, we didn't go to church on Sundays. It's not because we were like wicked or we were like the devil. Just, you know, anything like that. We just worked the weekends. That's all. We just had jobs on the weekend. My father, we were from a little small community on the East coast uh, called Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And so we worked the weekends. We were in tourism business. I don't know if you've ever had a job where you work the weekend or maybe you're only able to be here once a month. And, and so that's, that's a real deal situation. So we just didn't go to church. And, 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 and so, and I would have never gone to church. I, I don't think I would ever get into a moment where I just woke up one day and just said, you know, and, and hear like the hallelujah chorus and there'd be like a vision in my bed would go to church. I'm not sure that would have happened to me because it was just not something we were interested in. So the only way that I was going to be reached is the church had to come to me. So I was reached. Actually, the reason why I'm here today, I got reached when I was 18 years old by a church that did a reach. And they went out and reached out to people. It was a little small country church that said, hey, we love what's happening in here. And they were, they were getting ready to open a second campus way back in those days. They said, why not take that energy and let's go reach out to people. They came and did a beach outreach. And in my community, had a conversation with me. It was interesting. They didn't judge me. They were yelling at me. Let the bullhorn in the car. Come on, somebody. And just were kind to me. And out of that, they gave me a little sheet of paper. Through several steps, I read a sheet of paper from a church that I've never been to, people that paid for it, and I gave my life to Christ reading a prayer on the back of a sheet of paper. Now, you know, and, and I look back on that, and, I, and I'm, I'm so grateful that they had that idea. And I'm so grateful that they decided to reach people that were far from God. Now, I was far from God. If you would have looked at my lifestyle and you would have looked at my knowledge and you would have looked at my interests, somebody would have thought, man, he's real far from God. But guess what? I was not as far from God as you think I was. I was literally one invitation away. No one ever invited me. Nobody ever presented the gospel in a simple way that I could understand that no matter what I had done, no matter what my situation was, that God Almighty loved me and Jesus could change my life. So thank God for what happens in the church and thank God for all the moments we've experienced as a church. But oh, the best part of the church is when the church reaches out to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So that's the heart of this house. Because the gospel is a reaching gospel. Our Savior was a reaching Savior. Uh, my mother was a reaching mama. But my mother could reach out and grab me. I mean, she had a long reach. She could reach around several aisles in Kmart, grab hold of me when I was fooling around with something, just get in the back seat of the car. Oh, she had a long reach. You know, she'd reach back there, and we may call it today, she was, she was uh, correcting me. No, that's not what you say when you're from Mississippi. You're something else. She'd reach back there and correct me. Had a long reach. 
Jesus has such a, I want you to know this about our Savior. He has a long reach, but guess what? He also has a short reach. And, and I see this in Luke chapter 14. It's a great story about Jesus reaching people and giving us a, a, a parable of his reach. What we are as a church, it says, when one of those at the table, verse 15, Luke 14, says, heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. He hears Jesus talking about being together and in life and the will of God and the ways of God. And he says, ho, 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 hold up, hold up. I want to do that. I want to be where you're at. I want to be around where you're around. And Jesus replies and tells a story. He says, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited, I like that word, Many guests at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. So everything's ready to roll. I've done everything I can. I've prepared. I've paid for. Everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have bought, I have just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. So he had a lot of possessions. Nothing wrong with having possessions. How many knows the trouble happens when the possessions have us. It, ha we, we, it, it causes us to create excuses. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. So very busy, heavy calendar, huge demand, super important guy. And he says, you're going to need to excuse me because I've just, my schedule just is, is crazy. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Nothing like blaming your spouse. Uh, so it blames the spouse, and sometimes relationships can cause a barrier between what God wants for our life, and so we can see that here. The servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry, ordered his servant, go out quickly. I like that, go back out. Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys, of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame, which I think is an incredible list. Go out and get those who cannot get here themselves. They're never going to be able to find their way to this banquet that I've prepared. They're never going to be able to make it on their own, and they're not going to be able to experience everything that I provided for them. They're going to need some help to experience what I have provided to them. How many of there are people right now that would be a part of this church? It's just they've not been reached yet. It can be a part of anything that God, they just, they, they, they're going to need to be brought. They're not going to, they're not just going to show up in church and so many people will and so many people, but so often it takes an invite or it takes a relational connect for someone to experience what God wants to do in their life. So he says, I want you to go do this. So they go out and do that. And then the servant comes back and said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. There's still, that word room right now, right there means two things. It means that there's still space, there's still opportunity, and it even means a third thing, which means there's still chance. So while there's still chance and opportunity, and if that's the case, for, there's still a chance, there's still an opportunity for someone to experience what I've already paid for, then I want them to experience it. Says the master told his servant, I want you to go back out. It's the third time. I want you to go back out into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in 
then here's the idea of the whole story, so that my house will be full. Aren't you glad that our Savior is a reaching Savior? He's not a Savior that just says, you know, us four and no more. We're just going to, we, we just right here, we're good. He's not a Savior, and, and he doesn't want us to be people that once we step through the gospel door, we let it close behind us. He says, I want you to keep it open through serving and loving and caring and being on a team or going to serve date or leading a small group or helping somebody go through a growth track, all these things. Let's do everything we can to, to swing wide the door so that other people can experience everything that the master has experienced so that other people can taste and see that the Lord is good. So that's what I want. That's, that's, that's the heart of the gospel. That's that's the heart of this house for 35 years, trying to reach people for 35 years, extending grace and mercy for 35 years, being the hands and feet of Jesus. And guess what? We're not done yet. Keep going back out. Keep going back out. I bet those servants came in once. I thought, man, I'm about done with this. We, we've been going out, going out, going out. I'm going back in the kitchen. I'm going to get me a finger sandwich. I'm going to hang out a little bit. And right when they got settled in, he said, let's go, let's go, let's go. We're not done yet. We need to go back out quickly. Till the house is full, till, the, till everyone we can, uh, everyone that's possible can experience all that I have for them. I love this story because there's a few things about Jesus that I love about this story. And then there's some, some, some application. The, the first thing are the things I love about Jesus. One is that I love that Jesus is telling a story at a table eating a meal, but he tells a story about eating a meal. How many love when you're at lunch and you're planning dinner? Come on, somebody. You know when you're already eating and you're talking about where we're going to eat next? So he's, he, I love that he's it's around. I love that he's at a table. I love how there are people at the table and they're in close proximity of our Savior. I think sometimes we see a Savior that is off at a distance and, and he, has, he has, you know, personal space issues and, and he doesn't like being in a crowd and, and, and he's kind of standing in a corner with like a force field and, and like lambs and doves and he's just like, Hello. And everybody stand over like, what, what is he? What is he doing? We see Jesus at a table talking in a conversation, chatting, having exchange with other people. Why? The reason why Jesus loved those settings and the reasons why he was at a gathering, a meal, a feast, why? Is because he loved people. And he loved being with people. And we see this over and over again where Jesus is at a banquet or Jesus is at a meal. And he's, as a matter of fact, we see one place where Jesus invites himself to a meal. I love me some of that because I will invite myself to stuff all the time. The reason why is you won't be there. I'm going to make it so much better. I mean, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house tonight. We're not doing anything at my house. We are now. Be over in 30. Invite all your crazy people. I mean, I just love that. I love, I love that Jesus kept broadening the search and he kept expanding. He was such a bring. Our Savior is such a bringer. He's such an adder. He, the, the, the more, the better. Let's include, uh, let's be an includer. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big includer. Sometimes I'll tell my wife, hey, we're going to come over. I'm bring some friends over. We're going to do dinner with some people. How many are coming over? Like eight to like 35, somewhere in, in that range. Just some folk. Uh, Jesus just kept reaching, and he kept inviting. He was an inviting Savior. 
How many of you have been in a real inviting environment? You ever been to somebody's house where when you got there, you thought they were waiting on you? Kind of rolled up in there. It's like, and you, oh, they open the door like Kenny G's playing. It's like, whoa, a little spa music. There's like some shrimp. As we say in Louisiana, shrimp. And then uh, and there's like shrimp and like some crackers and got the dogs outside, cleaned up a little bit. And, you know, going in the kitchen, there's like a candle burning. They knew we were coming. It's like such an inviting environment. It's like enough place settings. There's plenty of food. You know, it was thought that, you ever been somewhere and you thought, not sure if they remembered? Kind of roll in. It's like, oh, hey, wow. Can you wait here for a second? Kind of walk in, man, like dirty clothes everywhere, like the dogs are still inside. We got dominoes. Is that cool? Wow, I just feel so invited. There's, there's a difference between an inviting environment and an uninviting environment. Thank God that Oasis is an inviting environment. You know, we're, we're glad you're here. You ever got an invitation where the invitation was so awesome? It's like you open it, there's like a flamingo flies out. And right when the flamingo flies out, somebody knocks on the door and it's like baby face. He's like singing, come to the party. They give you like a bracelet. It's like, wow, if, it's, if the invitation's that good, how great will the event be? I mean, if they went that big on the invitation, wow, then wow, the invitation, oh, come on, somebody, is just a sample of more to come. Have you ever got a bad invitation? It's like got some stains on it. It's like typos. It's a little crumpled up. You're like, I ain't, I'm not going to that. Wow, and an invitation is appealing. Lord, help the way that we live our life be inviting and extend our reach to broken, hurting, addicted humanity. Why? Wow, he's a reaching Savior. We're reaching church for 35 years. Keep reaching. Guess what? The next 35 years, keep reaching. So I, I want to give you just five applications real quick, five things about our reach, what it means, and then we'll finish up. Here's the first thing. It's a reach of credibility. Oasis is 35 years old. That's 35 years of integrity. It's 35 years of financial stewardship. That's 35 years, I figured out, is about 1,958 weekends. 35, 1,958 weekends of Pastor Philip and Holly and this amazing team doing everything they can to get out the way and lift up Jesus. Just all different environments and spaces and sermons and songs and moments and set up and tear down and counseling and prayer and compassion and food and shelter and love. All, just, just constant, the credibility. Thank God for the credibility. Thank God for a church that has, that has stood and said, hey, no strings attached. We're just here for you. And boy, the credibility that now Pastor Julie and Christina and this team, now you get to build on that credibility. Get to build on that credibility. It's a reach of credibility. Thank God for it. Here's the second thing that it is. It's a reach of generosity. Mother Teresa says this, we're never more like God than when we give. I, I, didn't, go, I didn't come to church. When I, when I showed up at church, didn't know anything, didn't know the lingo, didn't know what's up. 
didn't know nothing. And then I began to learn about giving. And I had never given. I was not a tithe. I, you know, I didn't want tithing. I didn't know anything about that. My first pastor taught me tithing. Now, my first pastor, he's a strong man. A little small church, a little beach church, a little community church right there by the beach. He's a long-winded preacher. That, he'd, go, he'd do a whole series on Sunday morning. A whole series. You told him preach, he'd say, I plan on it. And not only was he long, had a little angry preach on him. I don't know if you ever spent around somebody who's an angry preacher. Let me tell you something right now. Like, scare you. Well, I'm about, I think he wants to fight me. He's a fighter. So he would preach hard, preach along. He'd say things like, if you don't like it, don't let the back door hit you on the backside. There's five people waiting on your seat. Go on and leave. It's like, well, can we invite them in? Because ain't nobody up in here. So welcome them in. I mean, but hey, Anna confront her. He didn't counsel back in the office, didn't meet with you. He would confront you in the foyer of the church. And didn't have an inside voice, only had an outside voice. I never forget, 19 years old, he confronted me in the foyer of the church. Uh, uh, Dino, Brother Dino, come, come see me. I'm, I'm right here. We're just, we're right here. <laughs> he was like, I need to talk to you about giving. People all around you, he didn't care. He said, you're not a giver. I said, oh, no, no, I, I gave this morning. I gave, I gave a dollar. <laughs> he looked at me in my eye, 19 years old. He said, that's your problem. You're tipping, God. You're not tithing. Like in front of people. He like John the Baptist, thou viper. I mean, just coming for you. Just. And in the foyer of the church, come on, somebody. He taught me the principle of the tithe. I'm glad he told me the truth. I wonder where I would be today if I didn't understand the power and the freedom that is found when you live a generous life. See, it's, it's, it's the reach of generosity that when you look around, you see the impact and the credibility and the integrity and the, the opportunity. It's a reach of, of, of generosity. A couple other things. It is a reach of creativity. So I love about this. You're creative. And what's on you can be used by God. We're all wired a little differently. We all care about things. It's a reach of creativity. And it merges right with the fourth one. It's a reach of diversity. We're all different. We all have something different to contribute. We, 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 we come from a different situation. We come from a different story. We come from a different pain. We come from a different storm. All of us have faced battles that are differently. And God can use our battle to be a blessing to someone else. We know that. You're taught that here. I mean, all of us see things and we notice things. And there are things that make you cry that somebody else is not moved by. But there are certain things that you notice that somebody else doesn't notice. My wife and I, we are moved by things differently. And she's wired so much uh, better than I am. And so much better in a different way than I am. And we see things and she'll notice things. And she'll, she'll, her heart will go out to things that my heart will not go out and vice versa. I remember we had a, a couple in our church who, who had their husband had cancer. They were going through some things. Let's bring a meal to them. And I was like, I got this. I'm going to go buy Popeye's. I'm going to get them eight pieces of biscuit. Drop it $35. I'm in and out. I'm going to bless you. She said, no, you will not get home. Shut your mouth. Come home right now. We will not do Popeye's. 
So I get home and she's planning a meal. I mean, it's like a roast and like, you know, asparagus and, 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 and rosemary potatoes. And, and, and she gets home, you know, online and we order like monogram uh, uh, napkins and a burlap sack that just says something like, you're beautiful. And, and then we've got lunch the next day for kids and there's confetti and there's, there's you know, there's, there's heart-shaped sandwiches and Ziplocs with little messages on it. We get them a gift card to Carabas for a date night. I'm like $350 in now. I was liking my eight piece. Come on. Ain't nothing wrong with a wing dinner. But the like a wing dinner. I'm like, and, and I remember like, God, this is overkill. This is way too much. And we go to that home, and I remember we blessed that family. They began to open up that, that meal and look at that. And it was crying, kids. <laughs> Everybody's crying, and we're praying for them. And at that moment, I realized, thank God that my wife is creative and diverse. She has moved differently than I moved in. Guess what? That's what makes this church special. So we lead, that's why we need you to lead a group. That's why we need you on a team because there's something, there's a place that you can feel that's not being filled. So put that gift in circulation for, for eternal, eternal impact. That's what we do. It's a reach of credibility. It's a reach of generosity. It's a reach of diversity. And then the last thing, it's a reach of love. Uh, I think it's so interesting out of everything that's taught in the Bible, everything that's taught in the New Testament, everything Paul talks. In 1 Corinthians 13, he says one of the boldest things about, about love. He lists so many things. And then he says, now the greatest of, of all these things is faith, hope, and love. And how important are faith, hope, and love? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Can't make it without faith. Hey, how important is hope? You know what hope says? Hope says, yeah, today was bad, but tomorrow will be better. Oh, it's hard to be married. It's hard to raise kids. It's hard to sort through life. It's hard to navigate physical pain and challenges without hope. Hope, hope, hope. Faith's important. Hope's important. But then Paul says this. You know what the greatest is? It's love. It's preeminent. The word greatest means preeminent. It means it's elevated a little higher than everything else. So if there's one thing that you hold on to when other things are leaving you, when all the other handles of life are breaking, grab hold to the love of God. Because it will hold when nothing else holds. The greatest is love. It, it actually means that f faith is like 5'9". Hope is like 5'11". Love is like 6'8". Love will dunk on you. Love is that, is, it's the greatest. It's a reach of love. I love what Philemon, a little small book in the New Testament, there's a phrase, the verse 9, it says, Yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. I can appeal to you a lot of ways. I could throw my authority. I could throw my intellect. I could throw my smarts. 
I could throw my talent, my personality, my skill. I could, I could build it all on the basis of these things. But how I would prefer to relate to you and appeal to you is on the basis of love. And I think that's why it's the greatest. Because God Almighty preferred to appeal to us on the basis of love. Faith, hope, and love. Love's the greatest. It's a reach of love. Can I have a good amen? I'll finish with this. The other day, I was, I was looking on, on, on YouTube, and I came across an old TV show. They were showing some reruns of it, and I love this show. Uh, it was, it was it, years ago. It's called Extreme Home Makeover. Ooh, I love me some Extreme Home Makeover. Love me some Ty Penning. Oh, Ty Penning is short with them holy highlights. Come on, that choker necklace, that low V-neck. Oh, I love me. On the job site in sandals and decorative jeans. Extreme home makeover. He'd knock on somebody's door. Hey! Oh! I mean, you know, he's got a whole team, a design team. Around. It's incredible. Love that show. They would show up at the home of, of the Lewis family who, who maybe the Lewis family had been through some things and maybe they'd taken in some precious foster uh, children and, and, but their home was small and now they had eight kids. And, and Ty would show up with this incredible group and they would say, hey, listen, we're going to make over your whole home. So I, we're, we're going to provide everything for you. And they, they, they take the Lewis family, they put them on a, on a, on a, in a chauffeur limousine, they run them to Disneyland for a week, and, and the whole community shows up, the, the contractors and the, and the suppliers and the sheet rockers and, and, the, and the carpet layers and, and, and all the diggers and the landscapers. They all, they all show up, and they, they ascend on this home, and they do for the Lewis family what the Lewis family can never do themselves or never afford themselves or never be able to provide themselves with. And we love it. And we're moved by it. Midway through the week, Ty shows up on the monorail on an iPad. And it's like, hey! Woo! Lewis family going crazy, bouncing all over the monorail. It's like, you, want, you just wait and see. You're not going to believe what we're doing. And they get excited. And they go on to Disneyland. And then, and then all, the, all the kids are, are so amped up over it. And then the day comes, a big reveal. Got to love the reveal. And they, they come out, they come in down the street in a, in a limousine or a shuttle. They pull up at their home and they get out. They, they're not looking and they get in front of their home, but they can't see their home. Why? Because there's a bus in front of it. And the whole community's there. All the electricians and all the plumbers are there. Everybody who's brought supplies and resources and ties there. And he talks to them about what they've been through. He talks to them about how much they're loved. And the, and the mom is all excited. The kids are, ah! Dad's like, man, I'll tell you what. I mean, it's just incredible. And then he says, hey, you want to see your home? Yes. He says, okay, everybody. What do they do? Yell this out. Move that bus. Come on. Away. He says, move the bus. Move that bus. And, and when the bus is moved, they go crazy. Ah! I mean, there's like three stories. There's like a water slide. There's like llamas in the front yard. Kobe Bryant is making breakfast. Incredible. They, the kids are like, ah! The kids go wild. And, and the dad's being like, and then I love when the mom's like a Christian because she's like, oh, Lord. She getting all blessed. They got to call the church nurses. Come on. Y'all don't know nothing about church nurses. They go in their home. There's clean beds. 
There's a kitchen that works. There's a playground in the backyard. The, the pantry is supplied. There's fresh linens. And all of us are like, yes. Why? Because the community came together and did for the Lewis family what the Lewis family cannot do for themselves. That is what Oasis is all about. We're a church. We're a people. We will reach those that cannot help themselves. We will move the bus. We will move the pain. We will move the marginalization. We will move it so that others can experience what? What we have experienced. That is the church at its best. Hey, let's keep being that church. Let's keep being those people for 35 years. Oh, what will the next 35 years look like? Can I have a good amen? Come on, can we clap our hands and thank God for that?